Hello and welcome to Word Birds, a birds of a feather conversation amongst people who care about words. Today on the show, I have Scott Nyberg. Scott is content marketing manager at salesforce.com. Today on the show, we're talking about turning concepts into must-read stories. We're talking about finding the screenplay style drama in enterprise content creation. And we're talking about keeping up with the need for new ideation by doing your actual research. I know, it's crazy. Let's sit back and get some insight from the fly. Hello, Scott, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Excited to have you here. Let's go ahead and jump right into the quick fire. That's usually a good way to start this conversation. Amazing content is... Uh, amazing content, I would say it goes back to my three E's, which is uh, uh, engages, educates, and ideally entertains. Concise or descriptive? Both. Uh, I know that's kind of a cheap answer, it's, it, but it's really the art form, right? Being able to uh, describe um, whatever you're trying to talk about in a, in a, within a, the least amount of real estate possible. So both. Fantastic. Ideally. The company with the best brand voice is? Uh, at, at the risk of sounding and, uh, um, not impartial, I, I'm going to go with Salesforce. Um, that's where I currently work. And uh, what's awesome about, about Salesforce is they're, they've got a very customer-focused uh, approach. They're all about the customer. Um, their voice speaks to that. Uh, it's very human. And at the end of the day, they make it very clear that they're all about solving customer problems. And it's not just you know, the, the, the blogs they write or the videos that they create, you know, it's, it's, it's other messaging too, like um, specifically uh, how they're devoted to investing in, you know, new technology like AI that will help solve customers' problems. And they're very vocal about that. And I think customers appreciate it because at the end of the day, they do want their, their problem solved. I would, I would, normally I would call a foul on saying your own company, but you know what? I agree with you. I, I think Salesforce is very differentiated in the space and has been since when was it 2003, four timeframe when all of this started? Um, yeah. So another, another brand I, I really admire. I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up or not, but Salesforce would be my number one. Another one would be probably Disney. And the reason I like Disney so much is they've really mastered the art form of, of trailers and, you know, trailers have been good in the past and some are better than others, but what they're able to do is tell a very concise story almost a beginning, middle, and end without giving anything in, of the plot away, but, but still creating a um, kind of like a cliffhanger at the end that is gripping, right? That makes you want to watch that movie. And then when you watch the film, maybe it lived up to your expectations, but maybe it didn't. But still, I still find myself going back to watch the trailer um, even after I've seen the movie, whether I, I particularly liked it or not. Um, more often than not, I do, but I do like it. But um, another thing they do really well are movie posters. So I kind of collect movie posters. I've got one of those light up movie poster frames in my office, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm buying ads, right, for something that hasn't come out yet. And uh, so that's what really uh, connects. Uh, the posters really connect with me as well. Um, What's in the frame right now? What's that? What's in the frame right now? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Fair enough. And before that, I had... Um, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And, and here's why that poster is so great. And I don't know if you know anything about the Marvel lore, but um, what was interesting about that is that uh, 
the poster design, it was like the teaser, and it's got this glass breaking up into a million different pieces. And if you look close, you can see kernels of information. And this is, this is the genius of Marvel. They leave kernels of information on the pieces of glass, or mirror rather, um, making your mind wonder what those what that information means, right? And and how they interlock to tell that story. And so it, it, makes it, it makes the audience guess. And I think if you create that mystery, then you get them hooked. And, you know, I was the first person to line that day. So all good. <laughs> Fantastic. Best piece of content advice. Yeah. Um, never stop innovating. Um, discover new ways to tell your story and ultimately be relatable to your audience. And what do I mean by that? Well, your audience wants their problems to be solved. Everyone's got a problem, right? And by kind of articulating or telling back what you think the problem is that allows the audience to kind of have their aha moment and say, you know what, this person gets me. My eyes are going to keep moving down the page. And when I'm creating content, I always. Yeah. Great question. Um, I always introduce the problem in the lead. You know, my job as a writer is to get uh, the eyes moving down the page. So I want to hook you in the lead and then, uh, uh, you know, with the, the problem and then ideally link to that problem somewhere in the news, right? Something that backs up what I'm trying to, the messaging I'm trying to share. And then once I have you kind of in the lead, once I've kind of got you, got my hooks in you, then hopefully your eyes will get down, moving down the page and you'll learn more about the solution, right? Which is basically the second half of the article. Fantastic. Now I want to take a step back. We talked about the best brand voice, one of the best brand, brand voices being Disney and specifically to movie trailers, movie posters. I feel like that plays a bigger role in the way that you work than you're, are, than you're leading with. I, 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 what I know about you is that when you're setting out to design message, design content, you're thinking in terms of a screenwriter. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah. So screenwriting was kind of a hobby I had uh, a long time ago, maybe 10, 15 years, something like that. Um, and I went through boot camp training, right? I, I bought all the books and I put myself through the courses and I hired a mentor and I did the whole thing. So there's some people that say they write screenplays and there's some people that actually write screenplays, right? They know how to do it. And there's a whole architecture about it. And so when I did it, I went all in and, um, you know, came fairly close to getting produced, which was pretty cool. But the biggest takeaway was that, um, you know, I had fun doing it. It was it's part of my past. It's, it was fun, but it, it gave me... Um, kind of new tools um, to uh, help with my screenwriting or help with my writing craft and my content creation, whether that be, it could be anything, right? It could be a blog, it could be a video. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the hero's journey, right? And, um, you know, what uh, what problem that the the, the hero had to overcome in order to, uh, you know, know, get things done. I just ran into this problem recently this week, actually, it's funny you bring this up or last week I had a blog and, uh, I'm writing this and I get near the end and I realize uh, there's no drama, right? There's where, where I thought I had the problem nailed, but I, I realized that's not what audiences wanted. They wanted something more. And I was talking to my wife about it. She's like, what do you mean? And I said, I said, imagine the movie star Wars, right? But in, but a Star Wars where Luke Skywalker never leaves Tatooine, right? It's like he works on the farm, he meets this old guy, and then the old guy who's like this wizard or something saves him from the sand people and then the movie's over, right? <laughs> so, I mean, the Empire has got to be introduced. He has to, there has to be an inciting incident for him to leave. Um, 
and, and get them off that planet to go eventually go blow up the Death Star and, and uh, you know, uh, foil the Empire's plans. I mean, that's the, that's what's important. So I, I, I reached out to my subject matter expert, the person I was interviewing, and I said, we're missing our Darth Vader. We're missing our Death Star. We've got to go back and look at this again. And I fired off a few more questions at him. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're right. You know, I think it might have been missing this. And I said, ah, I'm so thankful for your time. I think the piece is going to be 10 times stronger. And I just finished the uh, the second draft and it it's completely different approach. So I was very excited to, uh, you know, to uh, 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 get that done. Unless the listeners miss the important part of this, this is complex technical concepts that you're writing about. So you're not saying oh, yeah. like, I'm writing about trite, un- unimportant content, and no. also I'm adding drama. You're communicating technical concepts and incorporating what you've learned about screenwriting, drama creation, um, and excitement, engagement into this material to make it, I would uh, I would say, must-read stories. Yeah, yeah. No, what I write about are very, very complicated uh, subjects, Chris. Um, you know, it's like um, AI and automation and things like that. In a, in a previous life, I, you know, at, at Qualcomm, I was writing about semiconductors, and then I was at another company called Ansys, and I was writing about mind-melting stuff like computational fluid dynamics. So, you know, being able to tell compelling stories in those domains while still trying to keep it entertaining is really the name of the game. And uh, and that's what I really enjoy doing. And I think that that speaks to the fact that, I mean, again, to be clear for the people listening, you're not a technical documentation creator. You're a, you're a content creator that talks about complex technical solutions. And that's very different because you do need to create engagement. It's content that people have to want to read. They need to want to learn this um, in order to get through that content. So if you make it engaging, if you make it interesting, then you're going to get a better experience for the end reader. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of how I explain to, to my family what I do, right? I take very complicated technical information, it could be anything, right? And then translate that so that anybody on the, in the world can understand it, ranging from the CEO to an engineer to my grandma, right? Being able to, uh, you know, to, to tell that story for wide audiences is, is, uh, is, is really what, what gets me out of bed in the morning every day. That's, and, and that is the point with a lot of this, is that we tend to be so tied up in our own products that we're communicating it in our language. And that's not always the, ra- the language of the consumer. And knowing who your consumer is of your content is critically important. It goes back to you know, the very beginning of this conversation when you identified that you know, the problem's got to be in the lead and you need to know who you're talking to. If you don't, your content could end up being worthless. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many uh, websites that I've gone to uh, across even Fortune 500 companies where, in my personal opinion... Um, more could have been done to tell a stronger story. What do I mean by that? Kind of touches on what you just said. The company's so passionate about who they are and what they do that they don't stop to think about the customer's problem and and address that in the copy that they're creating. It's it's me, me, me. When reality should be you, 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 and how we help you solve that problem. And that's what I try to do with every single thing that I create. Um, that's the common through line that connects all of my work. And historically, I think I've produced like over 2,000 pieces of content lifetime, maybe more. Wow. But that's it. I mean, I just do it over and over and over again. That's the secret sauce. 
And I mean, I think that all ties to this concept of thinking outside of the box um, being really important when it comes to the type of content that you're producing. Yeah, for sure. How do you, I mean, there's a lot to know in the business in which you work and the businesses that you've worked in. How do you, how do you research to shape this content creation process? Yeah, that's another uh, secret. I'll I'll give you a look behind the scenes here. Um, So before I join a company, I probably do things that most people wouldn't. Um, What I'll typically do is put myself through this intensive two-week, I call it a kind of a boot camp. And my job there is to try to discover where, discover new ideas, right, for content. And, you know, Sure, I write blogs. Sure, I create videos. But what else can I do? There, there's got to be other things that are out there in the universe that other people have done. So how do I figure this out, right? So here's what I do. I look at every single Fortune 500 company website out there. And I look at every link across every site. So you're talking about 500 sites. On average, maybe I'll look at maybe 10, 15 links per site. So you're looking at, you know, ballpark, what, like 5,000 links, something like that. And then what I'll do is if I find a piece of content that I think is really cool, then I'll just copy and paste the link into this like Excel spreadsheet, for example, right? And then I'll categorize it, you know, uh, interesting idea for a blog or cool way to, you know, uh, do an infographic or I really like the story that they, this person tells in this video. Um, like there's this one company that uh, created this animated video that, that, that really speaks to me. And uh, they, they took a, a person's like voiceover and then they mapped animation on top of that going through the person's like day-to-day business. And then, uh, it, and then, and then, it, and then the animation goes away and then you see the person, you see the, uh, the person in real life saying, hi, my name is Bob and I, I'm an engineer for so-and-so, right? For me, that was exciting. I, I've never seen that approach before in a video uh, that blends live action and animation in an in a eye-catching, completely captivating way. So I was like, I got to get that link. That link's going on my spreadsheet. So at the end of the day, when the two weeks is over, and this is a grueling process, by the way. I mean, you, you, a normal human being cannot do this during their regular workday. It's impossible, right? Um, because of all the things that go on between right. your workday and your personal life, whatever, right? Especially if you have kids. So I get all my homework done before I show up on day one. And then on day one, I've got 100 to 150 ideas ready to rock and roll. Um, uh, you know, when I, when I step through the door on day one. So, um, so when, when my boss comes to me and 30, 30 days later and says, Hey Scott, uh, I'd love to hear some of the ideas you have. Um, I'm ready to go. And I've got a deck that's, uh, that I can produce in, you know, a half a day. And they're like, that's, how did you come up with all this stuff? That's <laughs> so actionable though. <laughs> like that's, that's something that everybody could do, but so few people probably do just having that backlog of, Oh, we need a new thing. I have 300 new things, all of which provide immediate, um, immediate value to the organization. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a straight, you know, uh, copy paste steel type thing. No way. Right. It's, it's, it taking the general kernel of the idea and then making it kind of like my own and, and, and molding and shaping it so that it fits the, the, the tone and the, and the narrative of, of the company that I'm, I'm working at. But there's a cartoon out so, out there somewhere that turns into a video of you, right? Uh, my life's not that interesting. 
<laughs> Fair enough. This is the point in the show where I like to switch to the PSOTD. That's the provocative statement of the day. It's a position that you hold that you think maybe everybody doesn't agree with, but that you feel strongly about. It gives you an opportunity to be heard on a thing that you might think is slightly more controversial. Scott, what is your provocative statement of the day? Three words. Don't be boring. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll expand that. Don't be afraid to like push that. the envelope. Yeah. Don't be afraid to push the envelope. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to um, be controversial and, and do things that other people wouldn't, especially from a content creation perspective. You know, if your company has always created blogs, maybe the maybe it doesn't need to be a blog, that you're, a piece of content that you're creating. Maybe it's a video. You know, maybe it's a video series. Maybe your video could be a blog series. I mean, think about different ways to tell your stories to, uh, you know, educate, engage, and uh, ideally entertain your audience. I like that. I mean, when I talk to my team, I say something very similar, but probably for very different reasons. Um, In my opinion, a successful piece of content in its first launch at a company roughly the size of mine might get a thousand views out of our target market and target number of personas out there of, of you know, 100,000. So we've covered a very small percentage with this. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't work, only 1,000 people saw it. So it, it's not that big a deal. Try things because the best things that happen are the things that you didn't expect. Uh, my most successful, I say my, like I had anything to do with it. The most successful blog article I've ever been involved with at a company was in, I I guess it was probably the middle 2000s when an intern from Northeastern University wrote a blog article about why enterprise mobility is like the game Angry Birds. Hmm. We didn't, we didn't ask her to do it. She just said, I have a neat idea. I've been playing this game and I work here and I think I can tie these two things together. Um, And it went viral and got like a million reads. We would never have greenlit that like that's you want to do what no that seems no (laughs) but she did it and we pushed it out there and it became wildly successful and that was a huge lesson because it's not something that that we would do it's not it's not conventional to us um and it was more of a controversial topic and it had a huge success so from there on in my approach has been if you think you want to do it, do it. I don't need to be involved in it. If I, if it concerns me, it makes me uncomfortable. That might be good. And I'm going to go over here and right. you do it. And when it's done, tell me how it went. And many of those things are the best things that we do. Sometimes they're not that great, but most of the time um, it's where the amazing things happen. That's cool. And I think that also, uh, you know, uh, giving your, your content creators that kind of freedom and liberty uh, inspires them. Uh, to continue to think like that, right? To let them know that, you know, the shackles are off and, you know, we welcome um, newness and uh, and creativity. I think more often than not, some people might feel inhibited by that. You know, well, my, maybe my boss doesn't want me to do it or for whatever reason, um, you know, shake those shackles off and run. You know, that's that's my motto. Every so often, just let it happen. So the, the yeah. one that comes to mind um, that was my, my favorite example of this is uh, my head of, of creative design one company ago said, I want to create a video. Oh, cool, Randall. You should definitely do that. I, I guess I should explain. 
and what the video was, he wanted to rent a, a dozen or more Volkswagen Bugs, antique Volkswagen Bugs, um, and a sign truck, and a drone and a drone pilot, <laughs> and create a parade around the Embarcadero area of San Francisco, filming oh. from the ground in the sky, this sign truck followed with all these bugs. Our company was a mobile cloud testing company, and the campaign was don't let bugs get you down mm-hmm. in all these cars. And I just, I can't, everything about this makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just, like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go, and I'm going to, you have your meetings, and you set this up, and I will see you in San Francisco. And I landed and they drove me out to a parking lot at a grocery store in Oakland. And I'll I'll tell you, Scott, sign trucks are bigger than you think they are, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when your brand is on it. I I mean, I was thinking the back of a U-Haul and this thing was humongous. And they put me in a Volkswagen that we had rented. We had a Volkswagen club come, um, Mm -hmm. all these folks with their families. um, And they spent the day with us driving around San Francisco and we collected all of this video from the street and from the drones and turned it into this concept video that we used both for marketing and for ABM. Uh, it turned out to be, from an ABM standpoint, a, a wild success. But also that was the day that we learned that if you hire an unlicensed uh, drone pilot with a oh, face God. tattoo, it's likely that he's going to fly his drone into the side of a building. Oh, no. But. But that's what happens when you just let it go. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, The FAA didn't come after you, did they? <laughs> Not in time to catch me before I got on my airplane and flew back to Massachusetts. So no. Uh, but that was a very real concern. Again, unlicensed drone. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Excellent, well, that's Scott. Perfect, that's a perfect example of pushing the envelope. So yeah. It, it is. And, and I think that's what I've taken away from you is that you, the way that you look at things and the way that you create and the way that you take risks is really driving the, the way that content marketing is happening inside companies like Salesforce. More companies need to think like this. And that's really exciting. So thank you for coming on the show. And I will be excited to see you back here again really soon. Thanks for listening to WordBirds. WordBirds is hosted by Chris Willis. Produced by Charlotte Baxter-Reed and brought to you by Acrolinks. For more information on Acrolinks, visit www.acrolinks.com.